Welcome to the Lessons for Tomorrow podcast, a conversation between industry experts sharing insights from the past to apply in the present to achieve success in the future. Think of this podcast as the motivational poster in your ear. Each episode is centered around conversations which motivate you to tackle new initiatives. Learn from experts with technology and marketing backgrounds, hearing how your organization can apply these ideas in today's ever-changing digital landscape. We're here today with Matt Gorniak, the CEO of 3Kit, a 3D and augmented reality visualization software for products. He leads the company by building effective go-to-market strategies, teams, and partnerships. Prior to 3Kit, Matt served as the chief revenue officer and is the co-founder of G2, a leading marketplace for business software reviews. Matt, welcome. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me. Feels great to be here. Absolutely. And the first full recording in the new AmericanEagle.com Studios podcast studio. It's a wonderful to have you here in person and Rob Sanders as well. Hello, hello. Rob is part of our partnership team here at AmericanEagle.com and I'm Tim Alanius, VP of Strategic Initiatives. We're here to just have a conversation about just the impacts that last year brought about to the acceleration of both the e-commerce industry, but also now the continued optimization of visual elements that are used in the different digital channels. And, and what better person to have here than Matt from 3Kit, who really specializes in that field. So Matt, you want to give us a little bit of background about 3Kit and what you provide? Absolutely. And I just want to say it feels extra, extra special to be the first in the studio. So maybe this is the one of a thousand. Happy to, happy to explain this. And, and I think the one thing to think about is that when you think of what happened in recent events, right, with COVID and, and so forth, it to set the stage, right, it, it literally changed e-commerce. And I think all of us are aware that we're shopping a lot more. I think folks in the trade are also aware that the expectations have changed as well. It's different than before. So it's not just faster, it's different. And that's kind of where we come to play. And the, the, the thing to think about is that, you know, there was, let's say the one percenters, prior to COVID that were really engaged in e-commerce, right? They were, that was their main go-to market. They're 100% direct to consumer. But most really had the website as a shingle, let's just say uh, adjunct experience you had to kind of play. And I'm sure, you know, that made a lot of sense because there's reasons to go to stores and whatnot. But with COVID, naturally, that changed. So what happened now is now we have full-on e-commerce competition. The way I explain that is, tab next to tab next to tab next to tab and even though those tabs were before there people didn't expect to fully transact to them well now they do and the other i think change we've seen is that not only do customers want it all the e-commerce they actually want it better than in a real store which is kind of mm -hmm. fascinating uh, uh humans are interesting yeah. beasts right we want something right yeah. away better more detail just more. detail yeah. mm -hmm. personalization yeah and that expectation just get it right away I think Amazon really drove that factor yep. into people of that immediate satisfaction. And last year with COVID, with the inventory and logistics uh, concerns, that brought people to a, a new reality, right? And and that reality was that sometimes you can't get it as fast or you do have to wait. But but continue, keep going. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I think that's all spot on. I think people want it intuitive, easy right away, but they actually want it better. Mm -hmm. and, and so when you think about that, it puts a lot of pressure on the brands. Um, the other fascinating thing is that the brands, or for folks on, on, on the podcast, or manufacturers, that's interchangeable mm -hmm. when I see brands, they can actually make a lot more stuff that they can show. So there's this immense pressure of, oh, wow, like, 
someone in the CEO office said, we need to go all in on e-commerce. And the customer's like, hey, I want to buy everything on e-commerce. And by the way, even when stores open, that's cool. There's some things I enjoy on the web better anyway. Show me everything I can buy. And that's the crux of it, right? And that's mm -hmm. kind of where that accelerated, changed, funny enough, higher experience expectation meets essentially when it comes to the product experience, what we focus on. I would say, when was photography invented? 18-something? Mm -hmm. It literally means photography. Mm -hmm. It's been the quiet, sort of unautomated corner of, of uh, e-commerce experience that I think with the super cycle kind of got exposed. And so that's the challenge for the brands. That's yeah. what's different. Yeah, and, and you hit on a key point there, and, and you talk about product experience, which is absolutely true. I relate that back to what a lot of the uh, clients from AmericanEagle.com are looking at addressing is the customer experience and that customer experience and that expectation to see the variations. Uh, recently, my wife and I have been shopping for a new couch mm -hmm. uh, after a dog and four kids. It's just crazy. So looking at that and going out there and to your point, exactly what my browser looked like tab after tab after tab of all the different options but think about the conventional like what's happened this year like mm -hmm. you can't see you can't touch you can't feel it yeah but three kit makes that really possible you really feel like you're really interacting with that product exactly like and you that, can almost see and feel and touch it in some in so many ways because yeah. of how you present it yeah and that's why i wish more brands would embrace this right and and, and why we're talking about it now is that immersive experience that you've talked about of I want to go and understand it because on some of those sites, I have hundreds of options because of the magnitude of, well, there's 15 different material types, but then there's all the colors that are tied to a material type. Well, not all of them have a visual for me. So I'm trying to imagine that and I can't immerse myself into the true knowledge of what I'm getting unless I end up trying to go to the store, which, well, guess what? I can't or now it's very limited showings, right, as things are starting to open up. But if I was able to actually see the the versions that I want, the variations that I desire to see, and then really interact with them, that's that's what I would love. And and I know I'm, I'm a tech geek and everything, I'm an Apple fanboy, but the augmented reality that some options are have out there is just incredible. And that's where 3Kit has really been trying to bring that immersive experience to those brands. Spot on, but let's pick on furniture for a second because mm -hmm. it's a really fun, fun vertical. Uh, immense challenges, make beautiful products, very complicated. It's a complex, artistic, it's it's art, it's beauty, right? It's design, mm -hmm. it's your home, but it's complicated, lots of options. Immense pressure, wonderful brands. So we just talked about that, but let me just say another thesis on this. Even if stores open up, people still will want a very immersive experience. Let me explain. Because look at Love Sack, for instance, uh, a project that, that was we just went live with, very su successful. And the disruption Love Sack's doing is making that experience really um, fun. It's a co-creation. It's um, picture perfect. It allows you to see it in your space. But more importantly, there's hundreds and thousands of options you can choose from. Now, if you were to go to a store, I think stores will open, they need to open, it's gonna be awesome, but you're not gonna see that long tail pattern that you want in a store, there's no way to physically do that. So I think 
this is a trend that's going to be here to stay and then augmented by the, re the retail experience. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then I let me say another thing on this too, which is really interesting to watch, um, is that we're also making this a non-artistic experience. What the brand need, need help with is that we can create this picture-perfect experience, but it really is a business tool. Mm -hmm. That's huge. It's scale that you're dealing with. That's that's also very new. Yeah. To do one thing on the side, a little experiment mm -hmm. that's that's fun. That's ten years ago. Now our brand is the help of saying, I want my entire sectional line mm -hmm. out there, right? And that's sort yeah. of the, the different game changer. And the reason it's got to be scale and pretty and mm -hmm. beautiful and picture perfect. If you have a chance, zoom in on that really, really closely, mm -hmm. because here's the interesting thing about AR. I'm jumping to that topic, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's the most difficult thing about AR? It's the picture perfectness at scale. Because if you just have a 3D model that looks... Because you can do one pretty mm -hmm. or beautiful or detailed, whatever you want to call that. But if it's not accurate, it's not at scale, then AR won't work. Because in the phone, you literally will be an inch away like I am from this microphone. Mm -hmm. You'll inspect the, the fabric of this microphone cover. Whereas, you know, and you're like, wow, this doesn't look real. Mm-hmm. So it's very important, it has to look real, because literally in AR, you are an inch away. Your job yeah. is to go an inch from the couch and look at that fabric. That's the other very, very cool thing about this. It's got to be beautiful, picture perfect, at super close range, at scale. And <laughs> that's, yeah. the, that's the killer app. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The scale factor is, is absolutely a necessity. There's some in the past that I've used that just don't bring that scale to... Uh, in reality and when you try and use them especially in augmented reality the scale factor it looks you know i could take a picture of my room or i could place it in my room if i've got the ipad or the phone with the, the ar capability or whatever the device is with that capability but that scale is so important because it looks out of place if it's not to scale appropriately and to your point I'm the one who will zoom in and say, okay, well what does that fabric look like and what does the edge of that sofa look like because those are the things that i'm concerned about before my purchase and even if i went to a retail store they don't have all the variations there they might have a little flip book of the cloth but i don't see it in the full entirety of the product and i think seeing the entire product now and especially with the technology that we have is so critical for that consumer experience that customer experience of just exploring your product within your brand and the use of devices i want to kind of jump back here and, and and rob i'll let you speak in a minute here i know you're you're itching to say something but uh overall not only is it the consumer who can benefit from using these devices but the customer service the salesperson in the store for those experiences or a lot of those companies do provide in-home design consultation or they're doing it online now what better way than to be able to immerse yourself into your room by providing that photo of your room to them in prep and they can position all the different products. I think that's so cool about what the technology brings to the opportunity now for both sides of the table. It's not just the consumer who benefits, but it's also the manufacturer and the salespeople from that product line or and company who are going in and able to actually build that experience for the consumer as much as the consumer can build it themselves. I find this fascinating. I, I, you brought up a point a few minutes ago about just how how this supplements, like Tim's saying here, is supplements that brick and mortar show floor to you know for somebody to say I need to make a final decision. This is an investment, also. So how can they take that brick and mortar experience and take what they've seen in the store and maybe modify it? You know, they might not see exactly what they need out of a catalog or whatever they can in the store and see the fabrics, but 
they ne- they can now take this into their home or their office or wherever they're they're wanting to have this immersive experience and see that product in that space and and finally make that decision for that conversion. Ultimately. Absolutely. I think you nailed something really really powerful here because I think if you like from my vantage point when you sort of peel back the onion <clears throat> everything we've talked about e-commerce so far is really a digital shelf and checkout. Mm-hmm. The thesis for e-commerce is to sell more product. Arguably, what's been totally forgotten is the product itself. Right. The reason you set up a store. So, just like you said, it that's kind of that. That um, it's a supplemental sales tool. I it's, mean, it's definitely. It's just like in the real store. You have an amazing store, wonderful interior design, shelves look amazing, but the product is literally a cutout picture. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's literally yep. state of e-commerce nowadays. Yeah, and, we're gonna change that. And the other thing I would yeah. say, we talk about furniture, which I think is really a great, great use case for this. And I think you'll see a lot of innovation there happening with this. It's a no-brainer. I, I will not beat Uber to death, but I will. It's kind of like that. You experience it. There's no going back because if you can place that couch sectional into your basement, I literally had that experience as well. I cannot visualize a thing. Mm-hmm. You will do it. And anyone, by the way, who thinks like ER is a toy is. That's 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. We have a customer, Yellow Corner, not furniture, but wall furnishings. And they sell um, high-end wall art. Uh, we love them. And they, they've shared how this had, has, has helped them sell more wall art during COVID and beyond. Because for the first time ever, you can take your picture home before you buy it. Mm-hmm. You literally configure the frame. And then there's a lot of frame configurations. You, you pick your, your art. And then in my office, I splashed it on my wall just to make sure it fits, and it did, and I bought it. And that's the modern experience. Like, Mm -hmm. once you do that once, why would you look at a website with a stale picture, and then you have to figure out with a measuring tape? Which, by the way, Apple has LiDAR now, the phones. Like, this is happening, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think not only is Apple providing it and, and people are using it, but I look at the generational aspect, and... My kids are experiencing exploring AR mm-hmm. every day. I mean, Lego, they went and they put AR into the Lego kit so the kids still build it physically, but then get to interact with it with AR. And it's an incredible experience. I find myself playing with it almost as much as they are just because it's so much more fun. And it still allows their creativity to come forth. But to your point about measuring, I just hung a picture above our bed last <laughs> night uh, that my wife ordered. And luckily, she did all the measuring and everything before. But if that company had had a solution like 3Kit with the actual scale and the ability to go and, and look at that, just like you described, it would have been that much faster of an experience for More her. Because literally, mind. it's yeah. like we're taping on the wall to make sure, is this the right size for where we're putting it? And are, are we going to like? And then how deep is it, right? Because there's different aspects to the depth that you can't see in a flat image. So you have to look at that measurement. But with augmented reality, you can spin that around. You can interact with it. Again, to use your word, that immersive experience. And when you can immerse yourself in it, you're that much more tied to the opportunity to actually just complete that transaction. I think that's key for any of the businesses listening to is you not only get to appease the need of the customer, but you have that greater opportunity to let them know that this is the right solution or product for them and they are confirmed with that visual confirmation versus just trying to read and assure themselves that what they've read is exactly what they need. Instant gratification for their investment. Absolutely. That's another aspect to it, I will just say, because that's all spot on, by the way, but there's this investment on your part, 
co-creation. Mm-hmm. That's real. It's really fascinating. Uh, Sean Nelson, the CEO of uh, Lovesack, shared us on an interview with Furniture Today around the modern experience they're creating and also gave us a shout out. Thanks, Sean. And because when you get invested in, let's say, furniture, wall art, you're, you're configuring, you're visually, yes, you're measuring, but all of a sudden there's a line you cross from their product to my product. And you see this in sports articles quite a bit. We just had a launch with TaylorMade, and we um, we shared out that you can now configure with 3Kit uh, their SIM2 driver, which was basically offered mm-hmm. first online. That was uh, first launch online only through 3Kit. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's really cool is the comments on our share, when we ask people, hey, share your favorite club, we're all about my favorite colors, my company colors, sports teams, so my question is, and I know the answer, but a question to everyone is, when you invest yourself with that wall art, with, with the sectional, it at some point becomes the one you need because you want it. It's not like you're pushing it. It's you want it. I think the propensity to buy goes way up, mm-hmm. but it's not about pushing it. It's about that's the one I want. I came here to buy. Yeah. And now you gave me what I want. And so there's that line. Mm-hmm. And the other byproduct, which is super cool, I think we're doing some wonderful for the planet, returns go way down. It's a great point. Absolutely. Yes. The now knowing to your what you just stated, right? It's confirming that it is what they want. That return and and and, and that decrease in returns that are happening. I remember back in the day when I would buy shoes from a, a company, I would order two sizes because you never knew how accurate they were. And then I was always returning a pair. And I knew so many people who did that. But once we started to be able to understand this is the right brand and this is the right fit my returns went way down myself. And so to your point, I don't want to return a sofa. I want to know from day one that it is the one that I need and that it is accurate. And what better way to visualize it there than to measure and tape and do all of that craziness of seeing how it fits. Yeah, my influence, my design, mm-hmm. right? And by the way, you wouldn't order that sofa to begin with. That's the problem. This yeah. really accelerates. Very true. Because you're so yes. afraid of making the wrong choice with such a big item. Yep. You're not going to press the button, but now you do, mm-hmm. and that's so the re, the reduced returns is a is a symptom of a better choice mm-hmm. and acceleration. Yeah, um, right. Absolutely, absolutely. So we talked about furniture a lot. What what other industries are you and and we talked about some other products, but what other industries are you seeing just starting to adopt into the visualization with three kit solutions and, and the augmented reality um, or ones that you're just, you know, you guys are focusing to try and get them into understanding the true benefit that it brings. You know, I think what's happened last year is quite fascinating. I would say it's across the board apparel. You know, I think furniture we talk a lot about because a lot of us as consumers probably thought about it sitting around the house, right? Mm-hmm. Look around your four oh, walls. Yeah. What can I do now? <laughs> right. Right. And scrolling down, whatever, <laughs> whatever may come to your mind, but I think you see it in apparel, jewelry, mm-hmm. uh, we're engaging across the board. Because the way you think about it is all that we said, but there's also some tremendous business benefits like platform where you can see how people are engaging with your products, what materials should you stock up. Mm-hmm. Maybe you show a thousand options of a product of jewelry or sports articles, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, um, c- clothing with, we have suit customers, Kashiyama mm-hmm. suits from Japan, for instance, right? Like. Do you need to stock everything up? Maybe you don't because no one's really engaging with it. So we see it across the board. The one that is also very fascinating, we talked not at all about, is B2B. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's let's dig into that a little bit more. Right before we do, 
I'm really just I want to hit on a point that you talked about, which the variations and, and using the data from seeing how people filter through your product variations is so critical because when you look to see that, you understand that, hey, we had a ton of people who are looking for this color first or for this variation first. Use that as a, a tactic to optimize your site experience where you can highlight that to more people. If you see it's a really popular one, don't default to the default color that you had when you first set up. Default to that one because you can use the data to say, hey, everyone's searching for this or no one searches for this combination. We don't need to worry about offering it. And you know maybe it's a custom request or something else like that. So I think you hit on a really good point there where so much more depth of data analysis can happen about your options as a, a manufacturer, as a retailer for what you choose to put on your site and the experience that you build. Yeah, there's a lot of layers to pull back here as far as how simplistic you can get just from a product, right? Just showing a base product, 360 view of it, but then getting to the CPQ side of it. So I think we can go really deep, like really deep into into products, but also stay surface level too. Like what, what, how simple can it be to implement this product into your site? And I think a lot of things with B2B, there's a lot more simplicity mm -hmm. in some of this as well. Yeah. And, and as we dig into B2B also, just anything about just cost savings. I mean, by taking this approach with the visualizations that can be created and, and, and before we started the show, you were talking about just like the table in our studio and the variations and with a click of a button, we could see, you know, the Golden Gate Bridge behind us through the windows instead of the Chicago highways that are there today. Um, I, what kind of cost savings come into play here before we explore deeper in the B2B side? I mean, they're uniform really across. I, that was just more like a, a teaser of we're seeing this across the board. I mean, frankly, you'll, you'll be surprised to know. Right, let me ask you this question. If you and I were in business making this table right here, I, I almost have to laugh, but how, how do you take a picture of this table? <laughs> you have to uh, put a table in the studio. You have to put in a studio, take a picture it's of a it. It's a big table, it's right? It's a big table. Right. It's a massive table. And how many pictures would you take of that table? And so oh, on and so on, Easily, right? yeah, 100. Well, but scenes <laughs> and, now, together. and now we have different stuff. So so basically photography, two things um, immediately impact on that mm -hmm. because you're using automation to essentially generate that at a fraction of a cost because you have to think about it as if it's a studio, you control the lighting. I mean, it's Pixar tech, basically, yeah. right? I mean, back uh, or Hollywood tech, like you control the lighting in the app. You, 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 uh, you, with a mouse click, allow all the combinations to go through a scene. You can create the scene, and so it's just a whole different way of thinking. It's kind of I'm not a you know I'm not a movie VFX person, but I can imagine it being very similar to doing a green screen movie versus doing it actually by hand. Like, mm -hmm. do you want to build a state? You know the old 1960s like Roman Gladiator movies? Mm -hmm. Those were real people. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? Real stadiums. <laughs> and now they literally just put three people in front of a green screen and, and then that thing appears. Yep. So that's the type of savings. But the other thing that gets lost in it is that you save the money, but you get usually orders of magnitude more output because mm -hmm. it's pure automation. So you used to get like, let's say, 10 scenes, 10 shots per table, like the 45 angle, this, that, above, yeah. below. So you spend a certain amount of money, it's expensive. Mm -hmm. For basic product photography, you do so many products, but now you spend a fraction for like say a million images. Yep. So that's that. The other one is um, engagement and selling. So immersive aura of virtual photography is 10 to 11x more likely to buy. Um, yeah, that's incredible. 
you know, um, 30, 40% more upsells or you just want to buy it more mm -hmm. because, you know, you want that. Like furniture, great example. Yeah. You play around with it like, hey, that's actually what I want. So mm -hmm. customers don't feel sold. They're looking for what they need. Yeah. You know, so we mm -hmm. talk about in the terms of a brand, but it's, I'm looking for that, you know, whatever that is. Ottoman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I want. And, right. yeah. and then when you see how easy it is to do it for yourself, you want to do it for somebody else maybe. Yeah. Right? Then you yeah. think of the opportunities there and how it can just trickle yeah. effect. So the conversion goes way yeah. up, mm -hmm. right? No, absolutely. And, and and that's the key thing today, right? With the acceleration of e-commerce last year, especially with the close down of stores and not being able to physically go into them, e-commerce and, and the number of e-commerce sites just exponentially increased in the market, which also brought about competition. Uh, I want to bring this back, though, to B2B, and you wanted to kind of explore that a little bit. And just uh, on the manufacturing side, that B2B, we've seen a lot of organizations go uh, direct to consumer now as well. Uh, so it's a, a B2B company who said, hey, I also need to offer out to consumer. But just in that B2B space, what are you seeing at 3Kit? What are your engagements looking like? We're seeing the same amount of engagement. And frankly, in some ways, there, there's a ton of even there's a ton of catch up being done. I, there is a lot of pressure on we must have an elegant, and I say that because it's slightly different for everyone, mm -hmm. um, commerce presence. And it could be direct-to-consumer, could be portals for dealers, mm -hmm. could be CPQ, could be all of those combined. CPQ is configure price quotes or yeah. sales tools. But what you're noticing is the question from a B2B buyer is different from a consumer buyer. So I talked about the consumer looking for what they're looking for if that makes sense, mm -hmm. or, yeah. but kind of, right? <laughs> but but it's kind of like I'm still willing to explore. Yeah. Whereas a B2B buyer is, I want a front loader with this attachment. Do you have it? Mm -hmm. You don't have it, then you're not my tool. Yeah. I'm looking for a hammer. You have drills. That's not what I, play around with my drills. No, mm -hmm. I'm looking for hammers. So that pressure of the factory being able to produce but literally your marketing cannot expose it at scale, Yeah, really hurts bad. Um, and two things um, are happening because A, COVID, but B, in general, it's just more convenient. Mm -hmm. You know, like the conversation about have my rep come in today, that's nice, I like my rep, but can we just send me some ahead of time? Like I bought your product before, I, when I see it, I know it. Good example, uh, Bressler. They're a, a division of Henry Shine. They make medical med tech, so it's uh, drills. Mm -hmm. And basically, what they wanted to do is give their reps a tool to engage with the dentists visually. Hey, pick out by, mm -hmm. by eyeball, mm -hmm. because the doctor knows the drills, they know the tools, they, they look at them every day. Yeah. What they don't care about is the part numbers. Right. And so the value add of the rep, I mean, they have a lot of value to the rep, I mean, they're mm -hmm. servicing, whatever, but one of them is to bring the box of of drills, but the doctor has to be present for that. And there's big to do. Well, why not just go in and build your own kit mm -hmm. by eyeball, let the system three kit translate that to the part numbers. And now the rep can, you know, focus on value added activities, mm -hmm. not bringing a box of drills, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So that's like the visual, they know what they want, make it easy for them. In this case, it's a portal. It's not a full transaction, but that's the pressure. But how do you take all these products and make them easy on the web to be experienced and all that. Yeah. So very similar, in some ways still even a tougher customer because they know exactly what they want. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely, and, and and we've covered a lot of great aspects throughout the conversation today. I just want to talk a little bit 
kind of wrapping it up here towards the end. But with regards to just kind of what we've learned in the past, it was all about product photography. We talked about the studios, how you had to go in, take all your shots. It was a completely different budget approach. And you got what you invested into it, which usually was a bit higher because if you wanted real life situations, you had to pay for that staged area originally, right? You set up a living room or whatever it may be, uh, a product in someone's hands, you'd pay for model time and the, and the scene tons where you take it. Tons of preparation. Tons of prep, tons of just Staging. additional budget costs that you yeah. get versus, you know, if I want to place this table in 15 different color variations of a room, 3Kit can do that in a matter of, you know, just immediacy to what I desire for it, right? I can put it in the different environments that are desirable and I don't have to go through all that stage prep or the Photoshopping where the lighting wasn't right because back when we were first just Photoshopping things together, you would have these different attempts at lighting, but depending on the photo of the product and the lighting of that didn't always fit every environment shot you tried to put it in. So things would look just unnatural. And, and you talked earlier about the ability to zoom in and see that detail. And I think that's where technology in the present right now compared to the past of just that photoshopping photography stage scenes right now we have that opportunity with what three kits providing and, and delivering and the devices are at a, a an interaction level that lets me get immersed into it that allow me to see and experience it so much differently in the present What's coming in the future? As we look forward, right? We've got augmented reality. It's being adopted a lot more in a lot of different industries. But what do you see as CEO of 3Kit of what the future is going to bring with this, just the growth of technology and, and also the need of people for those immersive experiences? Yeah, I think we're just seeing the beginning. And I think furniture we talked about, all, I think anyone selling a physical product if they're not considering how they're doing this, they're literally getting out automated. Mm -hmm. And I think they have to look at it because usually it's like, well, will it look real? Oh, it does look real. Holy smokes, what are we doing? So it's one of those moments. Yeah. But I think the pressure will only increase, and I'll say that because I think e-commerce as we know it is gonna keep evolving. One interesting thing that I can see happening is social in this whole thing. I think we're gonna, we as consumers are going to invite platforms into our house yes. and there's many of them working on it. So I'll, I won't go into it, but um, just me as a consumer, I think at some point there'll be compelling offers for me to scan my own room. Mm -hmm. um, you know, physically speaking, my iPhone 12 has it already. Yeah. With the LiDAR. Yeah. It's LiDAR, but that's the physics of it. Mm -hmm. Or there's other vendors with yeah. different ways, but let's just stick on that one. I have that already in my mm -hmm. pocket and then there'll be platforms. They're going to make compelling you know, arguments for me to allow them to check out my place, see what they see, mm -hmm. offer up suggestions. Yeah. There may be secondary marketplaces. Mm -hmm. Maybe they recognize that that clock on your wall here is a certain brand. Maybe it'll be like, would you like to replace it with that brand? And, yeah. and then the pressure will be on, hey, providing all these wonderful 3D and 2D mm -hmm. images at scale. Yeah. But I think that will be like other marketplaces we've ever seen before. Mm -hmm. um, that I... I don't see that, that that far in the future. Yeah, no, that's excellent. I think you hit on one too of just visual search. And I think where uh, Pinterest and Instagram and, and some of the other tools that are out there and, and the visual recognition that I can get of uh, that clock on the wall, they can identify potentially the brand. I used that for a light fixture the other day. I wanted to add another light fixture in our sunroom and I went and I 
snapped a photo of it to find the closest match possible because that room was built probably in the you know mid 90s so i i know i can't just go find that exact one but i actually found surprisingly three very close variations that at least keep that same look for the room and it was all through just taking a photo on my phone i think that's the incredible aspect of both what we have today in our pocket of the power of that technology and what it can bring for us and one industry that i think just kind of closing it up here that I envision where AR is really going to start taking place that started with the 360 degree virtual tours, but just real estate market and how if I actually go in, a lot of people stage those houses and rooms for the photos for those tours. Imagine if all you had to do was have an empty house, scan it and start applying whatever you want to show inside of it. And now as a realtor, if I know that there's a particular style that uh, my clients prefer, I could just tap a few selections and say, oh, I'm going to show you modern versus maybe farmhouse style versus another style. And I think that's just the incredible growth and opportunity of where there's so much more that we haven't explored and gotten into what the true immersiveness is. So that's in the works. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, that is. And there's platforms focusing on that. And they're literally very similar to the social conversations mm -hmm. are, I have a skin of your house. Let's stage it. Yeah. You like yep. it? Mm -hmm. Just buy it. Yeah. Buy it. This is a crate and barrel couch. Mm -hmm. It's a love sex sectional. Exactly. And right. yeah, you add the products right into that whole purchase experience. That's incredible. So when you hear something else, this is just, I mean, I mean yeah. I'm sure it's written about, I don't have time to read about it. So it's probably not my idea at all. But like to me, when I, when I started getting in those conversations with partners mm -hmm. who want to use us for that, yeah, which is great for the companies we work with because it's basically, would you like to take your products everywhere? Yes. Mm -hmm. But video games. So yeah. here you go. I mean, it's been a while since I played one. But like you think of video games that are extremely immersive and they're trying, like Grand Theft Auto, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say for, for example. Now for the video game manufacturer to make a couch look real, they have to model a couch. Yeah. Well, why not place an actual couch in there and maybe you'll buy it. You're eight, like you're mm -hmm. eight hours. I'm not sure that the graphic is right for that purchase, <laughs> but I'm just saying as an example, right? Like it's the couch, you like it, that's the one. Yeah. Would you like to buy? What do you mean buy? No, you can buy that one. Mm -hmm. Place in your room right now where they are. I like that couch. You're in there yeah. eight, 12 hours a day. You may have to scrounge with some pocket money, but <laughs> that to me is very interesting because there's so much captured, you know, mind share. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So again, just appreciate it, Matt, being here, uh, the CEO of 3Kit on Lessons for Tomorrow. Again, it's a conversation today that we just had about gathering insights from the past to apply in the present to achieve success in the future. Special thanks to executive producers Mariah Klaji and Julia Roser. See you next time.